Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and this week it's just little old me. Um, we hope you've been enjoying our summer series, and this is the last episode of that. Um, summer's coming to an end. Maybe you're getting some uh, back-to-school supplies, some fresh markers for distance learning, hopefully. But yeah, we have been having um, some socially distant fun doing our little mini-sodes. And uh, I thought I would talk about my New York Times article for my episode. Um, Some of you have read it. Some of you haven't read it. Some of you might not even know what I'm talking about. Um, Last year, I had an essay published in the New York Times talking about finding my own way into personal fitness through sumo wrestling. So some background on this. Uh, Last year, I was um, in a huge writing funk in January. Uh, I just shelved my um, previously mentioned children's book. Uh, I wasn't able to sell it. And I just could not move forward with any kind of writing. Um, I just, I needed something to kind of shake things up. And I um, remembered that I had done a writing workshop at this place called Writing Pad here in L.A., and they specialize in different, um, like they do screenwriting, they do books, fiction, nonfiction, obviously some journalism classes. They do uh, personal essay classes for like, performance. Uh, but I thought, you know, I'm like, I want to see what they have to offer. I just need, I need to do something different. I don't know what that is. And I saw they had um, a class called New York Times Worthy Personal Essay. And I was going through kind of all my writing, and I had three different essays that I'd been struggling to write. Um, One was about some wrestling. The other was about getting comments at the gym. And the other was just kind of a vague something, body positivity about being fat. And I realized, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I can get at least one of these into something functional if I do this class. And like, then I can figure out a way to try to sell it Uh, because the class talks you through the... um, the process of personal essay writing, but also how to pitch, which was something I I knew how to pitch to uh, literary agents in terms of like trying to get a book published. But this was, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a different process. This will teach me how to do it. So I uh, took a class with one of the instructors, uh, Sophia Kircher, who has written a lot of stuff for um, New York Times, I think Teen Vogue, a bunch of other, uh, a wide variety of publications. And when I went into the class, you know, it's like, oh, I have these three different essays. Uh, I don't really know which is the right fit. Um, and people were enthusiastic about all of them. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll try to roll all of them into one entity. And that's what I did. And uh, afterwards, I pitched it to New York Times Rites of Passage, which is kind of a, a personal essay section that focuses on people kind of taking these new steps in life. Uh, and I never heard anything, which I was disappointed. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll try the the well section, which is, you know, kind of health fitness oriented. Uh, and I immediately heard back. The editor was very excited about the piece. Um, and I guess I'll just get right into it. And then I'll kind of talk about looking back at this in a post-COVID world. How Sumo taught me to love the gym. I never saw the allure of physical activity until I saw an athlete with a physique that resembled my own. It was at the 2013 United States Sumo Open when the 350-pound Biamba picked up Kelly Needing, all 420 pounds of him, and flipped him onto the mat. Time seemed to slow as Kelly went barreling to the ground, and I had a realization. I wanted to do that. I wasn't going to lose weight. 
I liked my fat body, but I wanted to harness the strength and power behind the weight. I wasn't able to work up the courage to go to the gym until after going to the U.S. Sumo Open again the following year. I sheepishly went to a sumo practice in an overheated karate dojo in a Los Angeles suburb. I told myself I was just going to observe the class, and if I was interested, I would go to a gym so I could eventually, maybe, someday take a class. But at that practice, I ended up donning Mawashi, the heavy 30-foot belt that girds the loins of the wrestler, and immersed myself fully in the class. I participated clumsily in warm-up slides, did the Matawari leg splits, and even went head-to-head with a few other athletes. I got my butt kicked and pushed my body to the limits. Practice ended with Shiko, the iconic sumo leg lift and stomp. Each of the seemingly infinite number of thunderous steps was punctuated by booming out the count in Japanese. Each, ni, san, shi. At the end of the day, I could barely move and felt like I was going to die, but I knew I needed to come back. That week, I started going to the gym to get in better shape for sumo practice. As a fat person, it's impossible to enter a public space, let alone a gym, without having a narrative that is not your own thrust upon you. Let's be frank. I'm very, very fat. I spent many years struggling with this fact. I didn't have a problem with my body, but everyone else did. It's not easy loving something about yourself that the rest of the world tells you you're supposed to hate. The world is less accessible because you simply don't fit in parts of it. So either you're supposed to get smaller or allow your world to shrink instead. I'll let you in on a secret. I broke two chairs watching that sumo tournament. The first was a shock to myself and everyone around me. It was during a lull between matches. I was talking to my husband. There was a loud crash and suddenly the world was upside down. Everyone around me was flustered but kind as the twisted carcass of the plastic folding chair was promptly disposed of and another was set in place for me. About 45 minutes later, the new chair also imploded. This time, no one was phased. Didn't Oscar Wilde say to break one chair may be regarded as misfortune, but to break two looks like carelessness? It shouldn't be a surprise that when I started going to the gym, people assumed I was there to reform my wicked ways and lose weight. After my first week there, a muscular, handsome man who had been eyeing me throughout my workout approached me. Do you have a minute to talk, he asked. We were in a gay neighborhood, so I assumed he was cruising me. Uh, sure, I responded shakily. He told me that he was a bariatric surgeon and congratulated me on my efforts. You're doing what I tell all my patients to do. They're just not willing to put the work in. He shook his head. The surgery is barbaric. Most people don't end up keeping the weight off. You're on the right track. I sputtered out the easiest response I could muster. Okay, thanks. A few weeks later, an older woman with a therapy dog sat down at the lat pull-down machine next to mine. It's really good you're doing something about all that weight, she said, while inspecting my wide frame from behind her sunglasses. Actually, I'm not trying to lose weight, I explained. I'm working on strength and stamina, so I... But I should get back to my workout. I popped in my headphones and started working on my next set. I started dreading my workouts. I felt guilty for not living up to the narratives that people were creating for me. I imagined their disappointment in not seeing me shrink. Worse, I worried that might invite them to give me the pep talks they thought I so desperately needed. Like any other sport, sumo took an immense amount of dedication and focus. I ended up hurting my back and took some time off. Life got busy, and then my workouts dwindled. But I soon realized I needed to work out. My body crazed the release of endorphins. I decided to commit to a new gym, a trainer in Pilates sessions, posting ironic and gratuitous gym selfies to aid in my transition to a person who enjoyed the gym. Later, an acquaintance and fellow fat person messaged me. We'd met at a Christmas party and commiserated in trying to exist in the world. I love seeing your posts from the gym, he said. I wish I could do that. 
Now I was that fret person showing others they could be physical. I had been wishing for invisibility, to be able to navigate the world without narratives being draped upon me. As a very fat person, it's impossible to simply be a face in a crowd, an extra, or the default. We're forced to carry other people's narratives, whether it be the good fatty who goes to the gym to lose weight, or the bad fatty who doesn't go to the gym at all. But he had put a narrative on me, just as I had put a narrative on Biamba and Kelly, the narrative of the hero. Some of the comments at the gym made me uncomfortable because people were placing me on a pedestal. But maybe that's not a bad place to be. With Pilates, I've traded my Mawashi for spandex leggings and tight-fitting shirts in eight shades of black. I've acquired the balance gifted to only God's largest creatures. As I pull my body weight on the moving platform of the rolling of Pilates equipment, my body is on full display through the glass panels of the studio. And when I catch the occasional glance, it doesn't matter what the narrative is. I found my own. Trevor Keyson lives in West Hollywood and does his writing on Sturdy Chase. So it's very strange revisiting this just because, I mean, the, the gyms have closed with my Pilates instructor and personal trainer have quit the gym that I was at. Um, when they reopen, I'm canceling my membership because without them, I don't really need to go to this gym. Um, I also just think that I don't know if this gym is going to be open much longer. Uh, it's just a very strange it's a strange thing to look at. Um, but thankfully, um, even though I'm going to be leaving this gym, uh, I'm st I've still been doing Zoom Pilates with my Pilates instructor. Um, he is going to be opening a mini studio at some point in the fall, hopefully, if the world ever reopens. And it's weird because it's like uh, the, the essay was kind of about, you know, not liking interactions with people. But now um, I almost would like that. Um, I would just like seeing more people and preferably not in this weird, you know, masked mortal combat, um, smizing at people. I think something else that's interesting about revisiting this is, um, because I, you know, I've only been able to do zoom Pilates. Um, I'm not getting the full range of motion that I was. So I've, I have been having a lot of back pain recently, which is also kind of like bittersweet revisiting this because the back pain is kind of what got me going back to the gym and doing Pilates. So again, a little bit bittersweet. It was interesting. Uh, so this article came out, it was August 6th of last year. I had submitted it to the the well section editor in, it was the, about the end of May. Uh, and I signed my contract with them. Then uh, it was like second week in June. They're like, okay, well, it's going to be the end of this month or maybe early July. And it kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So it was this very strange thing of um, having this very exciting thing that I was telling people about, but also not being able to tell them when it was exactly coming out and kind of feeling um, a bit of imposter syndrome because it's like, okay, well, I have this really exciting thing coming, but I don't know when it's actually going to happen and I can't give you an answer. So uh, stay tuned. And then the feedback, uh, which I was really afraid of just because whenever there is anything that is fat positive, it gets a lot of trolling. So I, for like, it ended up being a couple months just because it, the article got, kept getting pushed back. I was so worried about what the response was going to be. And it was almost uniformly positive. Um, but I got a ton of mail through my website of just people. Um, it was, there was like three different camps. It was people praising the article, people telling me about their own like unique workouts or um, uh, unusual sports that they did or people giving me weird diet advice. 
I think my favorite was um, this guy that was talking about this really innovative technique he had for weight loss, which was ba- it was basically ca- uh, just counting calories and like, oh, you need to eat protein. Make sure that there's an appropriate amount of protein in- versus the calories you're eating. To which I almost wanted to kind of be a trolley response, but it was coming from a nice place. And it was also, you know, he started off praising the article, so I didn't really want to uh, shit on him for that. And then also um, I was worried about the comments just because I didn't really expect people to like hunt me down uh, via my website or Twitter, Instagram or anything. But I was like, oh man, people always have a lot of really like, you never read the comments. Just the, everyone's advice to me leading up to this was don't read the comments. Um, I initially designated a friend to uh, be my comment reading person. And, you know, I'm like, okay, you read the comments, you send me the nice stuff and you message me throughout the day and tell me not to read the comments. And early in the morning after it was posted, they're like, okay, you know, there's comments. There's some stuff that's like a little nasty, but people are defending you. So like, I think it's safe for you to read the comments. And it was just a lot of great feedback. And also it was um, heartening to see whenever someone did say something kind of stupid or nasty that other people jumped on them for me which you don't see a ton of, I think, especially just with within more newspaper stuff. And then you get into the health section or like fitness section or whatever, where it gets more in this camp of like the people who are commenting on this are likely not going to be pro fat. Um, but they were, and yeah, it was just a, a unique experience. It was a fun experience. I was so worried about it and it ended up being not, I I was so worried. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. And it ended up being a very fulfilling experience. And I definitely would, um, I definitely would love to try to do it again. Uh, Unfortunately, kind of the, as the world is imploding, uh, freelance stuff is getting more difficult. Um, There was a point uh, a couple months later where I tried to pitch uh, an article about the 50th anniversary of NAFA, which unfortunately did not go anywhere. Um, The big thing I got was, you know, so last year, 2019, it was 50 years from 1969, which was also the moon landing. And there was a lot of big cultural events in that year. And people were either not interested in the 50th anniversary angle because like, oh, we have to, there's too many 50th anniversaries. You know, everything is a 50th anniversary. We're not interested in that angle um, or people were not interested in the fat angle because outlets that were interested in health and fitness uh, didn't think it had anything to do with health and fitness. And outlets that were interested in uh, culture or uh, society or activism read it and they're like, oh, well, this is, uh, you know, you got to pitch this to health outlets. So I haven't really done anything in nonfiction since then. And I just, my brain has been broken since then, like many of us. But I think that's really all I have to say. This will probably be a little shorter than uh, Dan and Michael and Don's pieces. But, you know, that doesn't matter because next week we're back at it. We're back to school via Zoom. We're putting locker decorations on our bedroom doors. We're signing up for clubs that will also meet via Zoom. But until then, we're just enjoying our little summer break. I have been playing a lot of, uh, I dove back into Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm just in the Old West with my horse, Apples. Um, Maybe you're listening to this in the car after going to target with your mask because you're i mean just at this point come on everyone's wearing a mask it's it's what you do 
and you got your uh, markers and um, maybe some Trapper Keepers, maybe some Lisa Frank folders. And you're sitting in the car admiring your rainbow horse folder. But watch out, because I'm behind you on my horse apples. And I lean down and I say, we're back next week. So watch out. (laughs) 